You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Raz, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Kathleen Dennis. Kathleen Dennis is an African-American woman missing from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Kathleen has been missing since July 10, 1995. She's described as a joy to be around and someone who's just goofy in the life of the party. When Kathleen disappeared, she had recently traveled to Grand Rapids, Michigan, with her sister from Omaha, Nebraska. They had gotten in and got in a hotel room. The last night her sister saw her, they were going out to have drinks at a club before parting ways for the night. See, at this time, Grand Rapids had a pretty well-established red light district. I mean, it was known by sex workers from other states and some would drive all the way there just to make some extra money for the weekend. Kathleen and her sister were both working as sex workers at that time. And when they parted ways at the club, it was to go find clients for the night. In an article titled, Murder or Missing in Grand Rapids, 17 Women, Little Justice, from woodtv.com, Kathleen's sister is quoted as saying, we caught the bus to Grand Rapids that Friday and we got us a room. We went down what they called Division, which was a trap where all the working ladies were. We were ladies of the night. Her sister would go on to explain that they were both doing sex work to support their families, but neither wanted them to work in their hometown where it would be more known. Her sister remembers seeing her get into light cover Chevy. It was a later model, possibly a 1965 to 1968 model. And this was on Division Avenue at Putnam Street Southwest. Around 4 a.m., her sister was ready to call it a night, but she couldn't find Kathleen. And in fact, she would never see or hear from Kathleen again. The next morning when she woke up and she realized that Kathleen had not entered the room, she was not there. She immediately had a terrible feeling about it. She flagged down some police officers to ask them for help, but they didn't help. She felt as if they had seen her as just another one of those type of women. And when I say those type of women, I mean sex workers. I talked about this in a couple other episodes. This is something that we see quite frequently. And especially back then, there is a stigma that if people are working as sex workers and something happens to them, well, don't they kind of deserve it? I mean, they're putting themselves in harm's way, right? Now, luckily in 2023, a lot of our minds have shifted from this, but there's still many people who struggle to see victims who are sex workers as actual victims. 
Usually it's some religious patriarchal bullshit that decides that these individuals are less than. And even though when their favorite actor does something horrible and despicable to another human being, they're full of all the grace and forgiveness in the world. When their favorite politician has been caught doing several shifty things and more than likely is a crook on several accounts and has a high likelihood that they have probably committed multiple horrible acts against humanity. They find a way to kind of just be like, I mean, well, what are the facts? Do we know why they did this? When that family member who always had a bad temper and always had an issue is caught in HD on camera, committing the crimes, yep, they still have hashtag free Marcel on their Instagram profile. But for some reason, when it comes to sex workers, everybody's up, everybody is up on their high horse. This is just unthinkable, apparently. People can't understand individuals needing to feed and clothe and house themselves and needing to do it in a way where they don't have to work 60 hours a week and not be able to afford the basics. And I personally don't care if you agree with that or not, or if you say there's programs, there's this and there's that. The truth of the matter is that we all have our own personal traumas and backgrounds that make our decisions on what we do and what we will not do uh, very different from one another. And I'm not here, frankly, to argue against if it's right or if it's wrong or your personal feelings on it. What I am here to say is that either way, if a person is taken away from their loved ones and are in danger, and these are individuals that are going out and harming others, creating mass mayhem and chaos, I believe that at the very least basic human decency is to care, is to want our money and our tax dollars that is already taken for us to be you, to search for these individuals the same way they would anybody else. And time and time again, we see and hear about stories where that is just simply not the case. And it's a shame. Now, Kathleen's sister did manage to file an official report with the Grand Rapids police. Then she got her mother and her other sisters to travel down to Michigan, where they all began to search. They made flyers. They looked in alleyways and dumpsters, thinking that if the worst did happen, they might try to dispose of Kathleen's body somewhere nearby. But they found nothing. And as far as the family knows, they were the only ones that did any type of footwork in the case when Kathleen originally disappeared. As time goes on, we later find out that three black women disappeared from Grand Rapids while working as sex workers around the same time as Kathleen. In fact, one of them, Robin Scott, had disappeared from the very same corner as Kathleen. The other woman's name was Fonda Lockridge, and according to WoodTV.com, the Grand Rapids Police opened up a new entry in all three of the missing women's case files, noting that they were now considered open homicides in 2021. Unfortunately, we don't have any new updates or information, at least publicly, about what made them 
consider this change from missing persons to homicide. Going back, we discover that three months after Kathleen disappeared, a civilian found the strangled body of Gail Annette Cook near Leonard Street. Four months after Kathleen disappeared, the body of Marie Shaver was found in a creek beneath railroad tracks near Ann Street and Elizabeth Ave, all not too far away from one another. Now, by the fall of 1996, seven women had been found dead and four had disappeared in the Grand Rapids area. Then one month later in October, four more women were found dead. Two of them were found within two days of one another. And then it just stopped. But from 1995 to 1996, 13 women were found dead and four were found missing. Nine out of the 13 found dead were last seen around Division Avenue and three others were last seen just a few blocks from here. 10 out of the 13 were all found well-concealed in wooded or bushy areas. People of the area began to notice this pattern and they were asking, was there a serial killer on the loose? Now, one of the victims, Sharon Hammock, has had movement in her case in recent years with Gary Dean Artman being arrested for her. See, the police, they had DNA from her suspected murder. And Artman, yeah, he was a truck driver at the time of the killings. And in fact, he was just living about five miles away from where Sharon was last seen. Detectives were able to interview him. And during their interview, he admitted to using prostitutes during his time in Grand Rapids. Even going on to say, yeah, he'll pick them up near the division area on the southeast side of Grand Rapids all the time. Investigators were actually able to search a storage locker unit that he had in his name. And in there, he had a journal, which he talked about his relationship with a woman named Tammy. This was a woman he talked about being able to restrain himself with. She was from the Grand Rapid area. Now, in his journals, he talked about having these deep conversations with Tammy and her even asking him if he ever murdered anyone. He told her no at first. And then in his journal, he said that he would later go on to tell her he did, but only in rituals. Other things were found in that storage unit as well. Officers found things like women's underwear, which isn't too uncommon for murderers and killers to keep as trophies. And then they ran his DNA through CODIS, the combined DNA index system that is maintained by the FBI. And what they found was that the DNA that matched the suspected killer, Sharon, was also linked to a crime scene from a murder of a woman in Maryland. This murder occurred in 2006. Now, police, they definitely don't think that Gary committed a murder in the mid-90s and then he stopped and contained himself all the way into 2006. They don't buy that one bet. But those are the murders they have been able to connect his DNA to thus far. As of now, Gary has not been tied to the disappearance of Kathleen or any of the other missing or murdered women from Grand Rapids. And to be honest, Many people don't think he's necessarily tied to the case. In fact, a regional task force of detectives 
from counties near that area formed in October of 1996. And uh, they believe that actually more than one person was responsible for these disappearances and murders. In fact, the task force actually did have one primary suspect who was a man with the last name Lacey, who ultimately was sentenced to life in prison for choking two other women who were actually able to survive. Now, when he was officially locked up, it was believed that they were going to look into the disappearances and murders of the victim of the 1995 to 1996 cases, but he was never officially charged in any of those cases. Over the years, there's been other suspects whose names have came up and has been discussed, but again, no one has ever been officially charged for the other victims. And their families have gone all these years without any type of answers. In that same WoodTV.com article, Kathleen's son is quoted as saying, it's been 29 years at this point, and I feel like there hasn't been enough done to try to figure out what happened to her. I want folks to remember the name Kathleen Dennis and anybody who knows something to come forth. Help us. Help us get closure on this. Don't act like she was a nobody. She was somebody to us. Now, unfortunately, that's all the information I have on this case. This case was a hard one. I could hardly find any information on it. Sometimes people reach out to me about different cases. Sometimes it's cases that they're connected to personally. It's a family member or a friend. And sometimes it's just a case that people remember in their area that they know got almost no coverage. Sometimes I can cover these cases. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes there's so little information out there that it's not enough for me to do an episode on. And you guys know I've done short episodes. I've done a lot of minute episodes, but I have to be able to get some information. And this one, it was so hard. Luckily, WoodTV.com, they did an amazing write-up on these missing and murdered women in Grand Rapids. And I will have the link in my case note because I heavily relied on this article to be able to tell Kathleen's story. And this article has so much more detail about the other women and the other victims. But besides this article, I found a blog post here or there that pretty much just had the same information. and. It was such a struggle to find anything about Kathleen, but not only her, but some of the other missing women, especially the missing women of color in this case. I ask that if you have any information, that you please reach out to the Silent Observer or log on to their website, silentobserver.org, to submit an anonymous tip online or by phone at 616-774-2345. I will have this information on my Instagram, where if you're hearing the sound of my voice right now, there should be a posting already up. I thank you guys so much for listening. This is wrapping it up for season three of the Overlook Podcast. And I thank you and appreciate you guys for listening. As always, I ask that you guys stay safe, stay vigilant, and thanks again for listening. Bye.
Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. 